Hey, drama listeners. So before you listen to this episode, I just want to let you know that you can actually watch it. Yes, that's right. Me, Dylan, and Constantine Rusuli, kikiing like you wouldn't believe. And let me also tell you, there are some visual gags in this episode, including a hat moment and a portrait reveal that you will only be able to see if you're subscribed to our Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash the drama podcast there's also videos from other past guests that are your faves like jackie cox saya rose gooding Derek klenna george salazar and there's tons of bonus episodes dylan and i did a tony awards recap recently we're talking about brandy whitney houston cinderella there's tons of fun to come we also have actually exclusive interviews on there too so why aren't you subscribed it's five dollars a month patreon.com backslash the drama podcast what are you waiting for all right now onto the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got on the option? No, oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we, we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater. Pop culture, love, and life in, in New, York New York City, City and, and the world. Dylan, it's a big day. I know. It's a blizzard in Cleveland, and it's yeah. also a blizzard on the reunion set for the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Oh, yes. And I, I want to, first of all, I want to live in that reunion set. It is it gorgeous. Is so, I mean, when I think about the reunion set they did for the socially distanced New York one last fall. Oh my God! It looked like this bizarre a pop a post-apocalyptic oh, yes. scenario. Very and bad. but it looked so good. But we need to talk about Mary M. Cosby. You know how the mighty fall is all I can really say about it. Who was once an icon to me dug herself so deep in a very unwell hole that I don't think we can invite her back for another year. No, she has to come back. She has to come back. She's she's the Kim Richards of of Salt Lake. I, mean, I don't know you never, what that means, but I'll, I'll go along with it. it. It means it is pure, unbridled insanity that you cannot produce. Like, she just is who she is. It's, it's very, like, it's the opposite of, like, you know, what Giselle Bryant does in Potomac or, or perhaps what Lisa Rinna does on Beverly Hills. You know, she okay. is just, she is who she is. It's crazy. But anyway, Heather Gay, we, for a second there, my, she's my, who is my fave of Salt Lake City? Oh yeah! Don't get it. Awesome. Don't get it twisted. She actually re- she re- she retweeted me. Oh yeah! And y'all have had a couple of social media encounters. I know. She also commented on an Insta I posted, which was the moment of my year so far. Oh my god! But anyway, I have a fear that she she knows she's the fan favorite. She's mm-hmm. seated in at the right hand of the father, Andy. The turn is it has been quick. I don't know how much longer, how many more good seasons we can get out of her because I think she understands. This, she understands the assignment too soon. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, after the first seat, we talked about this on our Patreon last week, but it's like when a girl comes back for All Stars on Drag Race. They, they're they more aware of the camera. They know how to produce themselves. They have new lips. It's all of that, you know? I want new lips. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> Should I go to Beauty Lab and Laser, Heather Gay's place? Yeah, why not? You guys have those connections so you can DM her or something. I think it'd be great. But anyway, it is so good. If you, if listeners, if you're not watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, it's only like 13 to 15 episodes. Seriously mm-hmm. great. But anyway, I'm also excited today because we have a terrific guest. Yes. Someone who, like when we started this podcast, I thought, if we ever make it, 
maybe we could have someone like this. Someone who, you know, we've been a fan of for years because we were we were deep in the, the pockets of the Hairspray fandom, which is dark and I'm only just now revealing it. And we knew of him. What do you mean by being deep in the pockets of the Hairspray fandom? Should we get into this with him? There was a Wicked fan page called Witches of Oz. That was like the Wicked forum for young fans. Okay. And for Hairspray, it was called Be Sprayed. Be Sprayed. That's right. And we had heard of his, this, our guest today's casting on Be Sprayed. It was like a, oh an exclusive God. scoop. And he was actually the final Link Larkin on Broadway. That's drama. Yeah. Following in the line of my baby daddy, Aaron Tveit. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. I, did you replace Aaron Tveit? We'll talk, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um, we will talk. Or maybe it was Ashley Parker Angel. Like I said, deep in the pockets. Okay. Bring him in, Connor. All right, here we go. Our guest today is a bona fide heartthrob of both stage and screen. Having booked his first job, as we said, as Link Larkin in Hairspray at 17 years old, and he's gone on to play leading man after leading man. In addition to playing Link on Broadway, he donned the white pants of Fierro in Wicked, made sensual pottery as Sam and Ghost, toured in Legally Blonde, and was in Hair at the Hollywood Bowl. He can be heard on the cast album of Cruel Intentions, the musical, having created the iconic role of Sebastian. Our guest is a staple in the Broadway community as a regular star of Broadway Bears. You'll surely know his handsome face from playing Hunter Kane in the reboot of Charmed on the CW. His bare ass as Jordan on AJ and the Queen, as well as for playing Miles on Fox's Nine on One and Justin on the other two on Comedy Central, which is like seriously the funniest show on the planet. He'll be appearing in the upcoming film Once Upon a Time in Staten Island with Naomi Watts, Ms. Naomi Watts. He's an Instagram star, so you must immediately follow him to see Quarantine with Constantine, Jimmy Foley's Sex in the City parody as Aiden, and Jake Wilson's regular videos, including the gay New Rules. We love him. You will love him. Please welcome to drama, Constantine, Constantine Rusuli. Rusuli. Wow, holy shit. I need that intro everywhere I go. Uh-huh. We'll send it to you. We'll send it to you. You can have it. Nice. That was a flashback of fun, you guys. <laughs> Constantine, we adore you. And you're still just 21. I, thank you. It's crazy. I just turned 21. Wild. <laughs> 21 in the pandemic. That's probably a disappointing birthday milestone really hard just drinking alone it was terrible how funny that's that's what my pandemic has been too yeah it was it was i don't remember it is it 25 yet what's happening i know right constantine we are so excited to have you on the podcast i'm so happy to be here thank you guys for having me i appreciate it yeah and thanks to nick adams for making this happen in the dead of the night last month he's the nicest person on the planet he actually really is, truly. He's a wonder. He's a nightmare and a gem at the same time. <laughs> Sweet dream, but a beautiful nightmare, to quote Ms. Beyonce. Ms. Beyonce, y'all. Uh-huh. Constantine, are you well? Not well, bitch. <laughs> yes! I had to throw that in because you guys are clearly um, Housewives fans, which so am I. Um, I wasn't sure if you watch or not. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. Here's the thing. I have not caught up with Salt Lake yet. So mm. I started watching the first episode and I um, was very into it. And then I don't know what I was doing. I saw a squirrel or a bird and my ADD was like, I have to go outside. Um, well, you're in L.A., so it's easy to be, you know, outdoors. Kind of beautiful here. I don't want to rub it in. So, yes, I'm doing great. Are you in WeHo, perchance? Uh, how, did, how did you How did you know? I had, an, I had a hunch. I, that is like... I've recently been having these odd fantasies about moving to WeHo. 
Honestly, you should. It's wonderful. It's great. Um, it's um, six. It's seventy-one and sunny right now. So I don't want to rub it in, but yes. Oh my god. Oh man, we're suffering through a late February blizzard here. So I was just in New York for two months, so I get it. It was not great. <laughs> Wait, so you you were you working in New York? I wasn't working. I was visiting family because I'm from Jersey, but I was back and forth like seeing everybody. So, um, which is not great in a pandemic. But <laughs> what was the city like? Everyone's saying it's like a ghost town, but it is and it isn't. But you guys know New York. New York is always going to thrive. We are a, such a community of you know hard ass people that will take no for an answer. And there were still those little pods on the street with oh yeah lamps and shit. People are still out there drinking and having food in the dead of winter so it's like we're, we're relentless and i'm that's why i'm here for it and new york is always going to be the best city in the world oh yeah. i'm with you 100 percent. wait you were saying that you were you were watching the first episode of salt lake and then you got distracted have you found that you can't focus on anything anymore i can't it is what it is i mean it's a pandemic so we're just it's hard to keep your eye on one thing <laughs> mm-hmm. I have another episode of bridgerton wait did i finish whatever the fuck and it's like uh-huh. great then your mind's like I'm not even paying attention to this anymore i know i find that i have like my phone with me whenever i'm watching anything it's like the two screen viewing thing it's it's a disease it's a disease and i don't know if there's a cure there is a cure but they're taking that's funny that you said that sidebar when i did charmed we i always would ask the directors or whoever the writers i'd be like why do i have to fucking constantly say the person who I'm acting opposite of, who's been on the fucking TV screen for about 45 minutes now, their name every time they walk into the room or every time I speak to them, I'm like, Sarah, mm-hmm. Sarah, where are you going? Where's Sarah? Because they're like, oh, the teens, they, they do this. So they pan out and then they hear the name like, oh, did I miss anything? No. We've taken that into consideration in the TV world. Sit on that. That oh makes God. so much sense. You know what's funny? You say that be- on the TV show Mad Men, they almost never say the characters' names. And I remember reading an article about it like years later, and it was like, no, they wanted it to feel as real as possible because in real life, you never address someone by name at the start of every sentence. But but that's the whole reason is that people aren't paying attention. They're they're distracted. Oh my God! Wow. Well, so charmed on the CW. I we have not gotten around to watching it yet. But your name is the name of my my boyfriend. Who's your boyfriend? His name's Hunter. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hot name. It's a hot name. Good name. It's a good name. So was that, were you a one season wonder on Charmed? Like, did your character perish or something? I was a one hit wonder. um, Okay. Evil, devil, villain, whatever, shadow, hunter. I changed, morphed into whatever I needed to morph into. Um, It was so fun. So also so crazy. I was in Vancouver for nine months, which was great, but also a nightmare because it was raining half the time. So like eight months, it was raining. And uh, we're all doing like outside night shoots at like five in the morning and it's pouring rain. So, And you were the bad guy, right? I texted my friend and I was like, because when I was, you know, doing my research, I was like, oh, he was on Charmed and I know she watched. And I was like, what did you think of him? She goes, oh, he was a bad boy, but hot. It was fun. I was they they I was only supposed to be on for maybe one or two episodes. And with like CW World, if they like you, because they always put it on the fans, uh, if they like you, they'll write you more episodes. So then I ended up doing like 10 episodes. 
uh, out of like 20. So it was like, I was basically a full on recurring character, which was wonderful. So I'll take it. So thanks, CW. I love you. Please put me back on the show. And you strike me as being very CW. Like I could see you doing like making the rounds to different shows. I will suck all the CW dick. Because their shows run forever. I mean, how many seasons did Supernatural have? Like 15. Also, that's that's the goal is to be on an episode, uh, a long series like that, because A, the money's ridiculous, but CW, they do 20 to 22 episodes. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, people are only doing like 10 or nine. Yeah. They're, they have this huge platform and they sell that shit to everywhere and it's all over the world. So I have crazy fans in like Brazil and Russia and all over the place, which is crazy. Brazil cool. fans are like iconic. They're always like writing on Instagram. Remember when everyone was going live? Remember Wild. that was a thing? Um, they always like, come to Brazil, come to Brazil. They're very devoted. Yeah, they're very devoted, which I'm here for. They're so sweet. Everyone's sweet, but it's, yeah, I never expected to be like, everyone's like, please bring him back. It's been three seasons now. I'm like, guys, I'm dead. Like my ass is gone. It, but then again, it's a supernatural show. Yeah. You could totally come back. Okay, so we're talking about things that are happening recently for you, but there is something we like to ask all of our guests about perhaps the origin of their love for the arts. We call it a ring of keys moment inspired by the musical Fun Home, that moment of recognition where you thought, oh my gosh, I want to be a part of that. Do you feel like you had a ring of keys moment, Constantine? First of all, A, the fact that you call it ring of keys moment is so rich, and I'm very here for that. Oh, thank you. Are we gay? I don't... (laughs) We are by choice, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's by choice. Proud that I hang out with. So uh-huh. I'm playing Patty LaPone. She made me gay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no. Um, okay, Ring of Keys moment. <laughs> what? Okay, they, there was there were two moments. I always knew that I wanted to be an actor as a kid because I just was obsessed with The Wizard of Oz. And I was like, whatever weird, crazy land this shit is, I want to be in it. I want to be inside that, that, that poppy field. I love everything about this didn't understand it um and then i would progress to you know sing around the house and you know my sister was a dancer so i'd do that but i really this is so gay the moment that i saw aida which was one of my favorite musicals everybody try and fight me if if you want to fight me because it's fucking brilliant um and the second sherry renee scott just woke up in that fucking glass case and started wailing tits i was my i I shit my pants and i said this is everything and i need to be doing this it's gay culture it's gay culture and then heather headley just also wailing tits and then you had like adam pascal wailing tits so it's the three of them just like killing each other with like a high belt which i am so here for why haven't you played rodimaze i know i was gonna say you know what this is the goal and i'm saying it now i'm doing the revival Mm-hmm. That is one of my dream roles, which is crazy. I love it so much, but I will fight Aaron Tveit for it. You do have Aaron Tveit hair. Thank you. I have to keep it for a show that I'm doing, so that's why. But everyone's like, Aaron Tveit, is that you? And I'm like, close. We're yeah, sure. I'm Aaron Tveit, so I get it. We had Taylor. We had Taylor Louderman on the pod back in. Well, I guess it was a month ago, and she also said Aida, and she would be a great um, Amneris. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, who is who is your Aida then? Are we are we Cynthia Arrivo? Like, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, clearly, if we can get Cynthia, she probably won't do it. Um, she do the film. She would do the film. You know who I want it to be. Um, 
uh, Jalen from uh, SpongeBob. Oh my God. Oh my God. Those vocals? Listen, when we were at SpongeBob, we were like, oh, this is so good, whatever. She opens her damn mouth, and I think we all shit ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. I completely did the same thing because I'm really good friends with of everybody that cast, and they were like, come see this. And I was like, SpongeBob? I was like, this is going to be trash. Then I went and was so blown away. And then that bitch came out on stage and gave me that those daddy vocals, which uh-huh. made so stupid, but I could listen to it for you know on repeat for centuries. She she would be it. She would be Aida. Full straight offer. Fifteen grand a week already. I'm setting it. I love offer only. I love it. Um, Constantine. So was was Aida then your first brought? Because you mentioned to us off pod. I know. I know that you grew up in New Jersey. Now, what was your first Broadway show? Was that Aida or My first Broadway show? Was I think Phantom. Classic. Classic. My mother was like, yeah, very musical family. So my mother was like, we're going to see Phantom. I was like, great. Loved Phantom. Of course I love Phantom. I thought I was Christine. And back in the day before my balls dropped, I could sing all that shit. And then the day I had a mental breakdown one day in the car when I went through puberty and I couldn't sing the high C anymore. And I lost my mind. Constantine, I feel so seen because this happened to me. It was seventh grade. I could no longer sing. No one mourns the wicked. And it's in its OG Glinda. I was, I'll never forget the first day of seventh grade. It was in math class. And this, when I, they were called, you know, attendance. And I said here, and this one girl, Molly Tarski, I love you. She goes, Dylan, did you um go through puberty over the summer? It was first of all, horrifying. And I remember being like, I don't want to go through puberty because I don't want to lose my soprano notes. Exactly. Do you know how fucking devastated I was? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can imagine. Point of no return. Oh my God. <laughs> it literally, isn't that a song in Phantom? Point of no return. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh my! Now, God. when did you realize you could sing, though? Because you have an incredible voice, and I'm sure that was someone just like hearing you, like, and you're in the backseat of the car, and your mom's like, "Oh." No, my mother always just like let me do whatever the hell I wanted, which was great. Um, I didn't. I knew I can just like you know fuck around upstairs in my room like we all did. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew, up, I grew up with like Celine and Barbara and like just like the vocals of, vo- of vocals, so I would just like mimic them in my room. But I didn't realize I could actually sing until um, freshman year of high school. Something clicked. I went to an audition out of the blue. I was playing sports and which is very mask. So rich. Um, (laughs) I watched American Idol and I saw Kelly Clarkson win. It was like a huge moment. And I was in I was a, a freshman in high school. And the next day I would I go, I'm I'm auditioning for the school musical. And my mom goes, Excuse me? And I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna sing a moment like this. And she was like, from American Idol last night. And I go, mm-hmm. Spent all night learning it, stayed up all night, went to this audition for the Will Rogers Follies, which Oh wow. Hilarious that I'm singing a moment like this with no accompaniment. And I just walk in and I'm just I own this shit. I'm like, like, what would you be singing? I'm like, a moment like this from American Idol, but by Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> I'm gagged. I was like, oh, I was like, I gagged myself. I was like, so fucking good. Now, back then on Idol, didn't they both, like the finalists have to sing the same song? Like they had their own rendition yeah. of the same song. Is there a Justin Guarini version? I think there is. Wow. Lost to herstory. Lost. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, Justin. But that was when I knew I could sing. And then it just, I started, I loved just, you know, doing theater and all of that. And I got so 
enamored with it. And I, you know, started voice at like 15, 16 with this woman who was like trying to teach me opera. Um, but she helped me so much. And then it just, you know, it just continued. I love it. Now, when did you, when did you decide to be gay? Second, my little head peeked out of my mom's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like, I mean, you're, I mean, I was gay my whole life. Uh, but when, like, when did I come yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. Is that, um, I came out like a half, a half C's come out when I got the hairspray tour. Cause everyone's like, okay, we, we you know you're gay. And I'm like, I'm straight. I, I just graduated high school. And, they're like, cool. and I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm straight. Meanwhile, three months in, I was like making out with everybody. <laughs> yeah. So did you tour for like a year and then go to Broadway or was it like there was a break in between? Uh, I toured for, so when did I do Broadway? I, I toured for two years on the, uh, the non-ec tour. So I had booked a tour out of high school. So I was 17. And then um, I bro- almost like killed myself in Tampa. My back went out where I had to hernia to distance shit like that. And I was recovering. And within those two months, uh, they called from the Broadway. It was like a dream come true. It was one of those we used to joke back in the day since I'm older than you guys, we would be able to always say if 212 calls, it's Broadway. Mm. We would joke about it for two years. I'm like, oh, 212 is calling. I'm, I'm in Paducah, Kentucky. It's okay. And literally I was sitting on my couch, like back was healing. I was getting, I was pretty much back to normal. 212 calls and it's Laura Green's office from Hairspray. And she's like, hey, it's Laura Green from Hairspray. So I just thought the tour and I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, girl? And she's like, so um, this is crazy, but... Uh, we want to offer you Link on Broadway starting Tuesday. And this was a Saturday. Oh, my God. Excuse me? And they were like, yeah. Uh, Ashley Parker Angel broke his back. Literally the same exact injury I had, which was wild. Oh, oh wow. I took that shit and I was like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Out of mine and put it into you so I can. It's your turn now. I show girls that bitch. Yes. Uh-huh. And then it happened. I would So Saturday, like, how fast can you get into the city? And I was like, yeah, I'll be there in 30 minutes. Got my bag, got my hat. I was like, let's go. Oh. <laughs> and, like that problem. Constantine, listeners, he literally just put a hat on that he grabbed out of out of thin hair. <laughs> I pulled it out of my ass and just, you know, I love a prop. And I went straight to the theater. And uh, because Matt uh, Lenz, who was the associate, he had done the tour. And he was like, you are so ready to do this. He's like, we have, you know, there's nobody else that... I would want he's like and I want to give you this opportunity and I of course I'm just like sitting there bawling and having a fucking full-blown circle moment of I'm really doing this this is happening and no put in mind you oh my god yeah that met everybody it was Marissa Perry who was Tracy at the time oh yes who's one of my best friends of life love her met her at five o'clock and the show was at seven and met everybody we did a quick put in and uh, I'm opening on Tuesday which was such a thrill and I'll never forget that moment it was the dream of all dreams. I love. I mean, it. it was the best show. I mean, that show. That show of life. Anybody like that to me is the perfectly written show. It mm-hmm. is for everyone. You can be four years old and you can be 104 years old and everybody will leave that theater having the same exact experience. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I love that. I'm friends with Marissa Perry on Facebook because back in the day, you just added people on Facebook who you were like a fan of, you know? 
So we're still friends. She likes my stuff every now and then. It's like get it on the show. She'll do it. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. And she's had quite a journey. I remember there was drama because she was supposed to be the final Broadway Tracy, and they brought in Marissa Jarrett Winokur to finish out the show. It was it was a hard hard blow. Yeah, I can imagine. And and I think and Annie Funky was also the standby. Okay. So. They had Annie as a standby. Marissa was doing the role. And then Winokur wanted to come and, f- and close it out because Harvey came back. So Marissa, Winokur was like, if, if, if Harvey's coming back, I'm coming back. So they were like, okay, great. But both of you are coming back. So it was a little, it was, it was, I felt so sad for Marissa Perry. But, you know, she had done the role for so long as well. So she had gotten those, that time to do it. But it still is like, you're going to now be the standby. And then Annie's going to be the understudy. So it was, it was a weird time. I mean, that was a weird time when the show closed anyway. I remember Jack O'Brien coming to the theater on a rehearsal, a put in for someone and Margot Lyons, God rest her soul came yeah. in. They both sat us, the whole company down and they were like, we're uh, closing in three months. So the fact they gave us three months was incredible, but the show should have never closed. No, they got scared because of, you know, the economy and everything that was going on. But it was, it was like, Somebody took your firstborn and killed it in front of you. And we all were just crying. We're like, how can this be? The thing is that we were doing well. So it was yeah. scary. Well, that, that was when everything was closing, right? Everything. There was like 12 shows that closed that year. Wow. Yeah. Was that the recession? That was right when the, re- the recession. Yeah. 2008. Yeah. I remember like Spring Awakening, 13, everything was closing. Like yeah. some, many things on the same day. Oh yeah, and then that's why people were like, "Where, where are we going? How, what show are we going to see?" But I'll never forget that closing party. I was lit. <laughs> where was it at? Honestly, I don't remember. I was. We the show went down. It was just such a whirlwind. Sarah Jessica Parker was there with her kid. Stop. He was wearing this like muumu onesie with like long, gorgeous blonde hair. I mean, the most angelic creature I've ever seen. And of course, John Hill, who is an original cast member offender, he's uh-huh. a fuck. And he was being such a dick. He's like, oh, hey, Connie, because um, he's so dry. He's like, oh, hey, um, Sarah Jessica Parker's daughter wants to meet you. And I was like, oh, my God, I would love to. Meanwhile, in my mind, I'm like, didn't even know she had kids. So her and Matthew Broderick, I'm on stage. And I'm just like, she's adorable. I love this outfit, sweetie. Like picking up also appropriately touching her child and and then sjp was just like yeah we loved it it was wonderful you were so great i mean she was so sweet and then i look back and john goes are you fucking serious you know that's a boy and i was like you're a cunt that's oh my a god f-. like you just ruined my like carrie bradshaw moment by me mm-hmm. called her child a different gender <laughs> i would have never forgiven him no we laughed about it. i mean i still laugh about it today he's now like got his own like serious show and john is nailing it didn't he date Andy Cohen for a while? Yeah, they were together for, I think, like a year. Wow. That was the, I know I worked at 54 Below up until the shutdown. And that was the last show that we had. It was the John Hill show and Michelle Collins was his guest. And Andy Cohen. And they all had got COVID. Everyone on that stage, everything. It was like, yeah. Get it? Did you get COVID? Or no? no, somehow avoided it. Connor and I went home and then stole away in the dead of the night two days later and never looked back. We, I know we've randomly avoided COVID this whole time. I can't believe I didn't get it. Wait, Constantine, do people call you Connie? Yeah, everybody calls me Connie. Oh, how fun. Ever since theater, everyone, every director, 
and I don't even, I never told them because it was always Constantine or Khan growing up. And they were like, um, Connie, uh, center state, the taint on four, left foot on five. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I guess this is cute. And now it's just, it's me. Love. Oh my God, I love it. You know, our friends call Connor Connie. So this is a- uh, Two Connies? Two Connies. Two Connies, one pod. <laughs> two Connies, one dill. Two Connies, one dill equals a great fucking time. Yes. That's right. That's right. Like and subscribe. Oh my God. Pantheon, whatever the fuck this is going to be on. <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Pantheon. I like that better. Okay. So I asked you earlier when you realized you were gay. I think the reason, the moment I realized I was gay was seeing Ryan Phillippe's ass in Cruel Intentions. I mean, yes, clearly. That's a ring of keys, honey. That is a ring of multiple keys, a janitor's closet. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I remember seeing that movie on my sister's like 15th birthday. She's only two years older than me. And we had rented the movie. And of course we like snuck it in. And my mother comes down at the exact time that he's naked. And she's like, what the fuck are you guys watching? Mm-hmm. And we're like, we're sorry. We'll take that tomorrow. I was like, well, can we finish? And she's just like, I mean, you already saw it. So I then swapped it out with like Bambi or whatever fucking Disney movie I had underneath our TV stand. And I gave it back to Blockbuster. I mean, they came for me. Years later, I'm just like, you know, playing that fucking character. <laughs> Are you still awaiting criminal charges from Blockbuster? I have an outstanding um, uh, invoice for about $1.8 million. Uh-huh. I love it. That is so funny. That is one of the horniest movies of all time. Like It's wild. Crazy. In the musical, which we were lucky enough to see, we did our standing room only. At Le Poisson. It was February 2018. 20, 2018. You were on. Okay, great. Because I got so fu- We all got the flu. There was mm. seven of us and six of us got it. Of course, Carrie St. Louis, that asshole, didn't get anything. That's wild. No, it was so good. I mean, and they and you did the nude scene, IRL. I mean, let me tell you, that was worse than Broadway Bears. Broadway Bears is just like exciting. You're like, I can't believe there's like thousands of people here and I'm on stage naked. Cool. I can get away with that. But to be at a 250 seat place completely naked while Linda from Westchester is eating her fucking tater tots and on a Sunday, I was just like, mm, things aren't really adding up here. Uh, this is crazy. And I had fought it from the beginning with our director. I was like, I will do it if it's like done tastefully. But the fact that there's a janky ass blue oh. rim that's going to be water. Carrie and I were like, let's just not, can we not pretend there's a pool? The whole fucking set is empty anyway. So right. let's just not put in a pool. It's a shit ass pool. Anyway. And it remained. It remained. So it was, you know, a very camp fest moment. It was, you know, it was, I, I didn't know about it going in. I assumed they just wouldn't do it. So I was honestly shook when it happened. <laughs> Big ass, just my big Greek ass being like, hey guys, welcome to La Poisson It was a welcome addition to the show. This is what R-rated porn is. <laughs> Literally. Right. And did RuPaul see it? And he was like, we're going to put you on AJ and the Queen. Probably. That's exactly how I got it. I need to know how that happened. Was it like you need to be ass out in AJ and the Queen? Was that like the audition? No, no, no. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Do people um, do that? Is that a thing? You can't. That's it. It was like completely illegal. I mean, but listen, if it wasn't illegal, I'd be fucking Brad Pitt by now. Okay. <laughs> 
let's get that fucking straight. Literally no shame. I will stomp over whoever. <laughs> I will claw my way to the middle. Let's go. That's you got. You got to be hungry. It's very Nomi Malone to, to make another show, girls. Wait, did like Sarah Michelle Geller and they all came? Yeah, Reese, Summer Blair, and Ryan, and uh, what's her face? And Sarah, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh my god. And the original Ronald, he came. I'm blanking on his name from um, Save the Last Dance. He came to the show. Oh, and the guy who played Greg, who was on Ugly Betty. What the fuck's his name? He was Daniel on Ugly Betty, right? Wasn't that his name? Yeah. He came. I think the only person, like Baranski didn't come, which I was, I was like, I need to see Baranski moment. Did they love it? Loved it. They got so hammered. Um, when they came in LA. So Sarah Michelle Geller came like three or four times because she was obsessed with it. And she came to the opening. <laughs> um, here in LA, it was Selma, Reese, and Sarah at the same show. And they were so Hammertown. It was hilarious. Just like screaming. The girls would kiss. Selma and Sarah would kiss. Oh my God. Like the girl, our girl Molly, who was our original um, Reese Witherspoon or whatever the fuck that character's name is. I can't remember. Annette. 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 She was singing Foolish Games and then like Reese is just like holding up a lighter and she was like, yeah, I, you were really good, but like I don't want to talk to you because you remind me of my ex-husband too much. So, bye. I could see it. You channeled him for sure. Thank you. And then he came to the show and he said the most wonderful things and he said the same thing. He was like, Sarah told me I had to come see the show because she was like, your mini me is on stage. And she's like, it was so weird. She's like, everything you did back then, it's like, it all came back to me. And he sent me like a actual um, like wine basket. I'm obsessed with house, this. Like a weeks later. Oh my God. Great A. He's a great A human. I love him. I Have you ever seen that movie 54 that he's in about Studio 54? Of course. Another horny, horny movie. He had like a, a string of those. Um, wait, I heard recently there's a director's cut of that where he has a threesome with... Um, his roommates, the the couple. I forget what their names are. Should we go to Blockbuster? And- <laughs> you cannot. You can't be seen there, Constantine. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna wear, guys. I'm gonna wear That's this right. hat. That's right. <laughs> Just like, what is hap- What is this jizz stain on my? I don't hat? know. It's- but what you did promise us, you would show us a quick tour of some art in your in your place. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. You're ready for this? So I side. This is a f- complete sidebar. My roommate is one of my best friends. He, uh, I came. I I go, always go back between here and New York. So I'm always just like I'm not gonna have my own place in LA, even though I spend all of my time here. So I'm like I'm just gonna live in your place. Uh, anyway, his 40th birthday rolls around. We were wasted at a pool, and I snuck up into his room and decided to take like fun like sexy ridiculous pictures like in this like fur throw <laughs> on his phone so he couldn't see it and then you know like you know late days later he'd be like oh, you're an idiot connie but this motherfucker one up to me and i was back in new york visiting family for the holidays and this bitch blew it up on a fucking painting in the kit in our living room and it is the size of the wall are you ready for I'm, I'm nervous i'm shaking I'm shaking in my boots too because it's such a gag gift, but I'm like, honestly, you deserve there it is. Oh my god. This is huge. This wall is is really big. I love that it's framed by these these deer heads. I know it's so rich. Um 
So yeah, that's my story about that painting. He committed to this bit. Committed because he knows that I am such a, I fuck with him all the time in this apartment. So that was like, that was, that took the cake for me when I walked in and I saw, it's literally like the, the main entrance of the apartment. <laughs> you know, you really look like Jake Wilson in that picture. Oh, Jake is my best friend. Do you guys know that? I knew because I saw the Rain On Me video. Oh, that, we did that in quarantine. We were, yeah, thank you. So good. So good. He's my twin. You know, everybody thought we think we're twins. So we call each other twins our whole life. So when we're out, everyone's like, are you guys twins? We're like, "Mm -hmm." oh my God, that's hilarious. You mean they don't assume you're husbands? (laughs) No. When Jake and I have the same hair, it's, it's like identical. When we don't have the same hair, they're like, oh, you guys are, are you guys brothers? And of course you were in his uh, Sex in the City. Or no, that wasn't him. That was uh, Jimmy Fowley's Sex in the City. Oh my God, you sounded like Aiden. Thank you. Do you know how fucking long that took to get down? Like it was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. It was when Jimmy said, because I'm obsessed with everything that Jimmy does. He's truly a genius. Person. Oh yeah. And... When he was like, do you want to play Aiden? I was like, absolutely, I will play Aiden. And then I was like, did I get myself into trouble? Because I don't fucking know. That's it. He has a crazy, there's a crazy speech. There's a formula to his voice. And I was like watching episodes after episodes being like in my apartment and my roommate's like, can you shut the fuck up? And I'm like, shut up, Carrie, shut up. And he's like screaming and I'm just like, like come on, Carrie. But like figuring it out. And then I, I finally figured it out. He at the end of all of his like lines, every, everything goes up. So he's kind of like this dumb Australian, but it's not Australian. So it's just like, I'm like, a, I'm going to like be a straight bro. And it's like a valley. There's like a valley to it. It's awesome, yes. Terry. Oh, so good. We, I, I studied, I did, you know, cause I'm like Meryl Streep of my time. So yeah, it took me a second. <laughs> Wait, and you said you're going to be playing Jimmy's husband on the other two, yeah? Yes, I play Jimmy's husband. It's it is complete fuckery, you guys. We are uh, playing husbands, <laughs> and we are Instagram influencer, like basic gay husbands that you make fun of yeah. on like, hey, me and babe just like making food and happy Sunday, and it's like <laughs> us basically jerking each other off like by a window, and it's like that has nothing to do with eggs. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's basically all of that. And we play on that. And we have, you know, the lead guy, Drew, come over to our house in upstate New York. And there's like a gallery wall of us in ridiculous. I can't wait for you guys to see it. One of the funniest first seasons of a show. I'm the second season is going to be great, too. I know. I've been waiting for the second season. Well, they're filming it right years. now. So they're, they, we, they just they literally just went back um, a week ago. Hopefully, oh, cool. by, hopefully by next fall. Is that filmed in New it York? In New York, yeah. So that's not what you, okay. you're growing your hair out for? No. So I am actually filming a new show right now. Um, yeah, it's called Unconventional. It's a TV show um, that's going to go to Netflix. And it's about oh. a brother and a sister who are both gay. And they're having a baby together. So he's giving his sperm to his sister's wife. And they're raising a child. He, the lead guy, has a husband who is also involved. And then I play their thruple. I play the gay's thruple. But, like, not your, like, typical, I'm going to steal your husband, like, I'm going to be a whore. 
Um, there's a lot of hoary scenes, but it's like the five of us then build this family, unconventional family. You get it? Oh, very mo- very the new the modern, modern family, family, but very unconventional. So it's kind of it's a dark comedy. It's very much on the lines of like, tonality wise of transparent. So it's very okay. conversational and it's not like I'm explaining everything. It's not explanatory. And I'm like, you know, I got to kill the witch and we're going to find her at North Parker Street. <laughs> really, it's something. It's a genre that I've loved because it's just it's this. It's just there's a lot of sex scenes. It is wild. I am fully naked yet again. <laughs> I'm always naked, you guys. You work uh, hard for the money. So, yes, I work hard for the money. They wanted me to grow out my hair. But also, sidebar. I wrote a musical, which I think you guys might know, um, that's coming to New York. It's a parody of Titanic. Oh, yes. So I played Jack. So that's why yes. my hair is, I grew it out because we were supposed to grow it out last year because, you know, we were supposed to start last year in June. And now we're um, probably starting up, hopefully, if everybody gets their vaccine, um, September, October, we'll start rehearsals and then probably open November, December. So I'm just keeping his fucking hair long and I look crazy, but I'm kind of liking it. I know. I love it. I love it. Wait. So, okay. So with, with Titanic, where is this going to be? Cause I know it was at green room. For yeah, some we did pop up, pop-ups there, but we um, are fully produced. Eva Price is producing it. Uh, David Foster's involved. Guys, I'm the next Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> I feel this. I, is, <laughs> is Kat McPhee Foster going to be involved? I, I mean, I'm sure she'll like weasel her way in for sure, which I'm here for, but uh, not as of now, not as of yet. Um, it's going to be at the asylum, as of now, the asylum, which is the old UCB space. We're going to start there, start small, do the whole, you know, marketing of we're going to make this really hard for you guys to come see because then when we transfer, you'll go, you'll see it bursting out of yeah. the seams in a little, little tiny spot. So it's 175 seats. It's super fun. If you guys haven't seen it, I cannot wait for you to see it. Tickets on me. It's fucking great and fun. And then that is, I, I'm a writer now. Like, how did that happen? Pull that out of my ass. Yeah. I love that. I know I missed it when it was doing the pop-up gigs. Was that like two was summers two, ago? It was two years ago. Um, but yeah, it's so fun. I mean, it's as if Celine was on the ship that night and she tells her story of, of what happened. So That's going to be a gag. Oh my Guys, God. it's the gaggiest, especially now that you are, have somewhat idea of what crazy person that I am. <laughs> it's um, all of that times 1,000. Oh my God. So is it is it all Celine oh, songs? Oh, I love it. It is all Celine songs. It just, it fell, all fell into place, you know, right right place, right time. Is I Drove All Night a part of it? Of course. And then, uh, and Frankie Grande's in it. He plays Victor Garber and he sings that song. That's when you drive ship into the iceberg leave that at that don't want to spoil it for the fans no yeah, yeah we'll leave it we'll leave we, it can't, we can't spoil what happens in titanic or titanic because we'll yeah. have to wait i'm so good ga- okay oh my god constantine i feel like we could talk to you forever but we are sadly wrapping up is there anything we haven't gotten to i mean you were in you were in wicked you were in um ghost ghost we got it we, we did it Legally blonde like we did all we did all of it you've done mm-hmm. all my favorite shows oh my god um but when we end, we like to wrap on a dose of drama. You know, it could be a piece of pop culture to recommend, something to rant about, rave about, anything you want to promote, share with the crowd. And I do have something I want to rave about today, something that did hold my attention. The new film, Minari, which is on Hulu, is fantastic. And Steven Yun, he was in The Walking Dead, unbelievable. Oh my God, this movie, it, I think it's a perfect film. I'm serious. It is absolutely unbelievable. 
the direction, the storytelling. It's unreal. It was nominated at the Golden Globes, but Steven didn't get a nomination. And I, my dose of drama is that I'm pissed because he gives a fantastic performance. And I'm, I sadly don't think he's going to get nominated for an Oscar for it. And he should, and it's racism that he's not being considered, but he could be nominated for lead or supporting because of the way the role is situated. And I think they're missing an opportunity here. Drama. Oh, I love that drama. He's also hot in it. And there was a scene where his shirt was off <laughs> and Dylan turns to me and he goes, I wish they'd have like a, like a sex scene right now. <laughs> they didn't. It was, it was a heavy scene too. And I was like, Dylan, come on. But I also wanted him to have a sex scene. So <laughs> um, my dose of drama is more personal drama. And here's where I'm at. It's been almost a year since, since I had to pack up my life, leave my job, vacate my Harlem apartment that I loved with all my heart and move back home to Cleveland. And I recently said on the podcast that I'm, planning on moving in with my boyfriend of it'll be of five years by the time this podcast comes out and we're moving to Columbus, Ohio. This is like, this is breaking news on the main pod. And that does not mean I'm not going back to New York. Okay. It just means I'm not ready to go back to New York and anyone who's like, wait, you're not just going right back to the life you left behind. And the thing is like, no bitch, that was a year ago to expect us auditors, put our lives on pause, do nothing for a year and then resume that is really, it, it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I'm different now. I'm different. I've grown. Um, and I just think that, you know, life goes on and we have to just be open to change if this last year has taught us anything. And that's my drama. I love that. That is a very, very well put drama. Thank you, Khan. Very real. I'm here for that, Oprah. I'm, I support this. We are expected to stop our lives figure out, work through shit that we've never worked through, which I guess is a silver lining in that sense. But then pick up mm -hmm. like nothing, like we're back to that old self and it's, we are completely not. We have shed that mm. skin and now it's like, great. It really puts everything in a perspective. Like what do you really want to do and what's going to make you happy at the end of the day? Exactly. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll get back to New York. I'll get back to New York. It's always there. It's a fucking flight. Now everything's so remote. You can just do everything over a computer it's which this is what i love about auditioning now great where are we gonna do a zoom i'll self-tape or cool uh-huh yeah what would my drama be i would say because i just watched it last night that free britney documentary oh my god i was wondering if we would talk about it with you me you guys we we have failed her and i it is it is so come to the forefront of how fucked up this like media and what they have done to somebody who was just giving us her heart and soul and just wanted to perform. And now we've truly raked her ass over the coals and she's stuck in this thing and she's lost her mind a little bit. It's just really sad. So sad. I know. We need to help this, this fucking Britney Spears who has given us all of our lives since we were kids and we have to make sure that she's okay. We do. Oh my God. I'm so glad you mentioned this. Literally, she is the least problematic celebrity that exists, right? Yeah. Has she has she ever done any she's never like running her mouth on Twitter, like being racist, being anything, like going on IG live and like dragging people. She is just like, look at this picture my son drew. <laughs> it's me doing 87 Shanae turns in a row. And it's like, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that video where she like jumps out onto her deck and she does like a pirouette into like a jump. Did you see all those when they dug uh -huh. up 
It's like <laughs> modern Millie. I, I mean, yes. I, whoever created that, I need to find that. Can you guys find that and send that to me? We'll text it to you. We'll find it. Yes. You know, you know, she just, she seems so innocent. And I don't know if it was in the Taylor Swift documentary or another documentary where they said that when someone becomes famous, it's almost like they freeze at the age, like when they're a kid, they freeze at the age in which they reach fame. And I see so much child-like behavior in Britney, like when she was doing her like Woody the Woodpecker impression in in the documentary and stuff. So sad. I mean, it's it's not sad because there's there is that like youth. But if you watch the documentary, she has moments. Okay, we get it outside. Yeah. Can you hear that? It's yeah. What the is ice cream truck? It's, um, someone's gonna come murder me because I'm literally was like free Britney. <laughs> no, it's our guy outside gardener. I don't know what he's doing. Um, but I just feel like she has moments where she's so clear, and if you see some of those interviews, she like fights back and she's like, that's actually fucked up. I'm just, I'm not here to babysit your kids. Mm-hmm. I wish they would show more of her standing up for herself instead of being a product of, oh, it's your, everything's your fault because it's such a misogynistic world. And everyone's like, oh, well the boys are right. And you're a slut and you've been, you've been wearing shitty ass clothes. And now it's, this is your fault. That's why Justin Timberlake broke up with you. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we not even remotely go through that story? Because mm-hmm how it went so i there is that innocence which i love but i also want i want her to find her fucking power again and yes the jig is up here's my side of the story and i'm so waiting for that fucking day that it, it's like that interview oh, that i can't stops. wait and i want mm-hmm. kelly clarkson to give the interview like she's giving to jill biden and you know i don't need britney to ever perform again honestly i just want her to be happy i want her to be happy and i want i want to hear her side of the story because i feel mm-hmm. like they're a side that nobody yeah. knows. Absolutely. I feel like it's like, even if she doesn't want to say it, I just, I mean, I, in my world, of course, I would want her to come out and I just want, I want her to like carry revenge moment. Like all these fuckers at prom, like I'm going to fuck. Yes. You. Oh my God. It's <laughs> not like a, the proper Christian thing to say of like, let's, or like Zen head moment that I am, but like she deserves it. She deserves to rake these assholes over the coals and say, you can't treat me like this anymore. And now I'm free and it's, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. On that note. Bam, like, that, that, that was a dose work. of drama. That was a dose of drama. We really went in. We did. Well, listen, Constantine, this has been such a pleasure. You are amazing. Seriously, you're the nicest. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that I see you guys soon in New yeah, York. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I'll be in New York. Okay, great. So you're coming to opening. So are you, Dylan. You're flying yes. in with your boyfriend. That's right. Uh, you're coming to my show. I can't wait. It's sold. I, I feel like we became such fast friends. This meant a lot. Like I said, we have followed you for years, and it is always a delight when someone that you're a fan of turns out to actually be a real, kind, genuine human being, of which you are. So are you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for spending the time to, you know. Of course. Up. Everyone needs to follow you. Um, we've got your handles here it's somewhere. On, on Twitter, it's at Connie Rusuli. I never use Twitter, which I should. But it's at Connie Rusuli is Twitter. And then at Constantine Rusuli is all the other ones. And of course, everyone who's listening should, of course, if you're not already, follow me at Dylan McDowell. Follow Connor at Connor McDowell. And follow us at The Drama Podcast for all of your good drama, juicy realness. Mm. Mm. love it well thank you Constantine alright boys thank you so much take care stay well stay sane all the above I you know wish we all could go out soon and 
We will. We'll go out and dance to rain on me. Yes, we will. We're, We're close. close. We're close. We are. All right, Connor. We'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.